Everything You've Got podcast, episode number two. Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. My name is Usain. Uh, if it's your first time to the show, welcome to the show. I am your host of the podcast. I just want to start off by saying thank you to everyone that shot any sort of feedback uh, in regards to episode number one. Thank you so much. It lights me up. It's one of my favorite things, seeing a message come through, someone has a, any sort of comment on it. So thank you so much. It uh, means the world. I, I appreciate the support so much. And number two. Uh, just want to announce, so moving forward, I know there's a bit of a hiatus as I was trying to figure out in terms of how I was going to do this and how it's going to happen moving forward, but what's going to happen is I'll be releasing episodes every other Monday. So every two weeks, Monday, and, and as things progress, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be moving it to a weekly uh, schedule and releasing episodes once a week. Now that we got the housekeeping out of the way, I got a question for you for today's episode. Do you ever um, do you ever find yourself having moments where you kind of find it hard to say no to somebody? The journey inwards is the doorway to every source of freedom imaginable. But to go inwards is going to require one thing: everything you've got. My name's Hussein, and this is the Everything You've Got podcast. It's probably true. You probably have. We all have. We all have moments where, you know, it's a little difficult to say no to someone. But, you know, it's one thing to have a moment in time where it's kind of difficult to say no to somebody versus where it's always a reflexive reaction to say yes. It's like a reflex to say yes. Let me ask you another question. You ever find yourself having a hard time uh, or wanting to avoid a confrontation or avoiding a tough conversation where it requires maybe it might get a little confrontational. You know, of course, we all have, right? It's one thing to say, I just don't have the energy for this conversation at the moment. I'll address it later versus where it's a regular thing and we're constantly utilizing all our resources to avoid that conversation. Do you ever feel bad for someone else's misfortune? Whether you someone that you know and they're going through a tough time and you probably feel bad for them of course that's totally normal right it's totally normal i know we all have i know i have i used to always feel bad for those kids on the world vision commercials when i was a kid watching saturday morning cartoons and they'd always play those commercials out in toronto in the morning and uh, i remember one time asking my dad like why don't they just build mcdonald's in those areas that i could help them and he just looked back and he's like oh god this one's dumber than he looks. But uh, all jokes aside, I we all can feel bad for someone else's misfortune. But it's another thing to feel responsible for someone else's sadness or whatever they're going through. That's com- that's something completely different. Now, if you ever if you said yes to any of those questions, if you're someone like me, before you might have given like three gigantic yeses to all three of those. It's an indication that maybe you might struggle with people-pleasing, and it's a syndrome. It's a syndrome, and I use the word struggle, and I probably should use the word suffer deliberately because that's exactly what ends up happening. You start to start to suffer from this state and perspective of being, and that's a topic we're going to be uh, talking about today, which is people-pleasing syndrome, and this is a big, big topic for me because if you remember from the last episode where we kind of dropped off, essentially I had just come back from my vacation um, where I almost jumped off this boat, and now I'm back home and committed to changing because I told myself if I continue to run from this, if there's one piece of evidence that's kind of presented itself out on that vacation is that whatever this is that I'm struggling with, it will eventually catch up to me. 
I can no longer run from it. It will eventually catch up to me. And it did out in the Caribbean. So I could no longer run from it. I had to attack it head on. And when I made that decision, came back home, when I started to observe myself, one of the first culprits that I think revealed itself that allowed me to kind of get to that state Obviously, there were other things that were going on for sure. But again, what I said is the biggest culprit that probably was the doorway to allowing me to end up in that state, which I had allowed myself to get to that state, was this. I suffered from people-pleasing syndrome. And that's a key word I want to use, suffered, because you will eventually suffer from it. Now, I just want to make one thing clear. I was definitely on the extreme end of this. There's different degrees to this. We're not all in the same space. But if you could even make a minor adjustment, gain some minor awareness to, even if you do it on a minor level, it'll, it'll allow some big, big changes in your life like they have for me. So let's get into it. And that's why I want to discuss this topic because it was such a big discovery for myself. That was it. When I understood, that was, this was the first thing that I began to attack, which was people-pleasing syndrome. Within me, I found that I, you know, I had a really hard time saying no to almost everybody. So I want to give you, here's the, out, here's the agenda for today. I want to give you an outline of what my life looked like before I was aware of this. And I'll, and I'll go over the three different areas of life that this syndrome was really heavily influencing in my life. And that's going to be professional slash business slash work life, family life, and private relationships. And I'll give some stories to kind of really make this relatable because I have a feeling that, you know, many of us struggle through this. Now, again, I was on the extreme end of this, extreme end of this, but again, just minor adjustments. So the first space I want to go over is professional work life. Now I've worked with some I've worked some at some amazing places in my life uh, throughout my life but at this time where you know this quote unquote depression was really starting to go sideways I was starting to go sideways deep into it I was working at one of my favorite places I've ever worked Everyone was supportive. Everyone set up to help you succeed and move forward and progress in your career. I was also involved in my business, and I had some amazing business partners, just like I had amazing coworkers. And very similar thing on the business side. Everyone was there to help me and support me, and you know, root for me and help me progress and grow and move forward in life. And in that relationship, whether it be my coworkers and or my business partners, it was mutual. So everything was great. But here's where this syndrome started to really rear its ugly head. And I couldn't say no to anybody for almost anything, for almost anything. And whether, whether I knew I could do it or not, I'd always just felt like I got to say yes and I'll figure it out afterwards, which isn't the worst perspective to have, mind you. But again, it can't be for everything, right? It can't be for everything because here's what it's going to end up looking like. You're going to be overwhelmed, overworked, and overloaded, and that's exactly where I started to teeter towards, where everything, I just, I felt like I was stuck in my own, I was stuck in a cage that I had created because I would say yes to everything. Anybody that needs a project, yes. Can you help me do this? Yes. I'll have it on your t- desk at this day. And then because I kept on saying yes and an inability to say no, and here's why I couldn't say no, because I thought if I said no to somebody, two things. Number one, you couldn't count on me or they thought I couldn't do it. And number two, they might not like me, and Lord forbid that someone doesn't like you, right? Lord forbid that someone doesn't like you or doesn't see you favorably. And I did that for a very long time in my life, for a very long time in my life, and it kind of got worse and worse as things progressed, and here's how it eventually caught up to me. I started to miss deadlines, unable to complete the work, unable to do them, unable to do good work because I'm so overloaded because my mind's 
constantly at all these other tasks that I said yes to. And then I and then you start to get passed up for promotions. You start to see that maybe competitors in business starting to move ahead, but you can't seem to move ahead. You can't seem to get promoted. You can't seem to get things done because you have so much on your table to get done. And you're and then you start to spin. You start to spin in this space. And as you're spinning, the one thing you'll never stop doing though is continually taking on more work, saying yes. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Now, mind you, again, I said at this beginning, I'm on the extreme end of this. I don't know why, but seeming I don't really know why. It, to me, it doesn't necessarily matter anymore, but I don't know why I was this way or how I became this way, but that's what it was. And here's what the results were. And that's what the results ended up looking like in my life. Passed up for promotions. And that's how it kind of starts, just very innocent, right? Just very innocent yeses because you want to prove yourself. You want to prove yourself to where you work, to your business partners, you can get things done. But eventually it starts to catch up to you and it has some real, real life consequences. So we go from those innocent yeses to once you start getting passed up for promotions, you start to, you know, have stall in your business. Business isn't growing. Guess what's happening? You are literally losing out on income professionally. You're losing out on income. So you're working at one place. Your income isn't growing. You're not moving up in any place. You start to feel stuck and there's nothing worse than feeling stuck not a lot of other feelings to feel worse than feeling stuck in some place. And then you start to spin. But those are real-life consequences. There's literally less digits in your bank account because of that. And it starts off with an innocent yes, but eventually starts to grow and balloon into something so much more. That's what it looked like professionally. It came to the point where I would be coming in on extra days at work, sneaking into the office, trying to get, catch up on work, and hopefully nobody would see me coming in. Doing more work, extra effort, not even pay, just sneaking into the office and trying to catch up on work. And I would hope that no one would see me. Isn't that crazy? I would hope nobody would see me that I'd be putting in the extra work, the extra hours. It was this crazy, weird, perverse outlook on life that now when I look back in hindsight, I don't even know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. But that's, you can end up in that state when you're so desperate. You're so desperate for this likeness, to be liked, which I was appointed, this is what I was seeking, especially on a professional life. I'm deep down, that's what I was seeking. I didn't know that's what I was seeking, but that's what it was looking for. And when you reach this point where everything's ballooned, it's kind of out of control, and you're so stressed, so tired, so overwhelmed, so overloaded, the last thing you think about is how you said yes to all this stuff, is how you agreed to take on all this stuff. You're just stressed and upset, and you're probably resenting at this point. And it's ballooned out of control. You don't figure that it was those innocent yeses that you were giving out a long time ago. You were just trying to prove yourself. So that's what it looked like professionally for me. I can get into more detail, but I think the picture's painted. That was a brief overview, but the picture's painted. Let's talk about family, what it looked like for family. I'll briefly run through this. With my family, I love my family to death, as we all do. We all do. We all have great relations with people we want to take care of. But it's very similar here. Inability to say no. Inability to say no. People need money. You lend it, even if you don't have it. <laughs> even if it's going to put you in a compromised state, you have it. Can you do this? Yes. And when I had to say no, that was debilitating enough. That was debilitating enough. When I felt like, I, okay, I'm completely maxed out here and I have to say no, whether it to be my siblings, to my parents, that was the guilt that you would live with afterwards was just as debilitating as taking on the work and trying to do it later. So you couldn't even escape it. Couldn't even escape it in any way. But yeah, once always saying yes. Can you help me move? Yes. Can you take care of this? Yes, yes, yes. Trying to be everything for everyone at every moment. 
man, it gets exhausting. Obviously, you're probably exhausted just hearing it. Just hearing it is exhausting, right? Trying to be everything for everyone in every moment. Yes to everything. Takes the life out of you. That's what it looked like my family. And not that different from my private relationships with friends. They, pro- they needed something, I'd say yes. Hey, you want to hang out? I'm free. Um, I got some extra time. It's 11 o'clock at night, even though you got work at 6 o'clock in the morning that you got to get up for. You want to hang out? Yes. I'm a good friend. Yes. Can you help me move? Yes. Want to go to dinner? Yes. Can you shoot yourself in the foot? Yes. <laughs> that was never asked, but you get the point here. And in relationships, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I want to make this point here. If you're in, in your relationship, if you're trying to, like me, try to be everything for, for your spouse and you do everything to try to make her or him happy all the time and you, you know, tell yourself you're always going to take the responsibility, I, I'll say this. You know, it really doesn't allow a lot of space for the other person to be able to step up and kind of highlight some of their gifts and what they're good at and provide them, those to you. And as much as they probably appreciate and love receiving what you're giving them and putting in the effort, but at some point, you know, they also want to feel valuable in the relationship too. And if you're constantly taking that opportunity away from them, that alone puts a stress on the relationship. That alone puts a strain on the relationship. Now, I'm not giving any relationship advice by any means. It's not what this is. But uh, that's just my two cents on that one specific area. Now, to close out, so that, that's what my life looked like. So to close out on this, that's what, that's what that entire, the, those three different areas of my life, which is pr- almost pretty much your entire life, right? Work, family, private relationship. That's what it all looked like. A lot of stress. A lot of taking on things, always saying yes, completely feeling overloaded and unable to really give yourself fully to any one specific area because you're scattered all over the place. But to close out, here's what, here's, what, here's what I'll say to this. Here's what it looked like. The consistency amongst all three of those spaces was this. Everybody, whether it be my coworkers, my bosses, my business partners, my mom, my dad, my brothers, my family, my friends, spouse, anyone. If you ask them this question, what do you think about Hussein? And I know across the board, there'll be a very consistent answer. And it'll sound something like this. Love him. Great guy. Nicest guy. Giving. Always there. Such a nice guy. Always trying to give his best. No doubt. They all liked me. I mean, I achieved the goal, didn't I? Because you come in with good intentions. You mean well, right? But here's the point I really want to make with this one and really drive home the point. So catch this because it's important. As equal as there was equal consistency across the board of people liking me, appreciating me, and saying nice things about me, those same people had the same consistency across the board, catch this, who had a hard time trusting me, had a hard time respecting me and my decisions. And how could they? How could they? If you really have to be honest with yourself, how could they? Of course that was going to be the case. Saying yes all the time and all of a sudden you drop a no. You probably tried it. Friends say, hey, you want to go out? And you're like, hey, you know, not today. And, and immediately they're probably they're going to push back. They're going to push back unless you really draw the line that one time. But they'll push back. 
I know my friends certainly recognized it. I'll, I'll give you guys a funny little story here as we transition to the next part of the agenda. One of my good friends, when I, uh, Jamal, still one of my really good friends to this day, when we were like 20 years old, uh, one night he calls me up and says, Kel, we're going out tonight. Uh, we're going to this place. You're coming. And I'm like, nope, can't do it. I got work early in the morning. It's like 1030 at night. There's no way my parents are going to allow me to leave the house at this time of night. There's no excuse that I can make. Just not happening. And for he can, we continue to talk for like one more minute and next thing you know i'm in the shower getting ready and there it was and i'm getting home at like four i work at seven just a terrible day the next day and uh and that was that was a consistent thing now he'll probably attribute to um as we, we were young entrepreneurs at the time developing our sales skills at the time he'll probably attribute that to a lot of his sales skills that he was developing at the time but uh i'm sure on some level that was the case but he was unaware that I was somebody just suffering from people pleasing syndrome where saying no was a very hard thing and even in that moment. So, and, and people, re- people will start to recognize that over time. So that's what my life looked like. How exhausting of a life does that look like? How does anybody be happy in that state anyway? No wonder I got so damn depressed, right? Yes to everyone and everything at work. Schedule's always packed. You got no energy, nothing left for yourself, right? You're trying to maintain all these relationships with everybody, trying to get everything done. And it's like you're begging for like these like coins, like currency, like people drop some change in your head every time you get liked, try to collect these. But you'll discover very quickly, well, not quickly enough, apparently for me, but you'll eventually discover that this type of currency has very little value within yourself. Can't really purchase much to move forward. Very little value. The real currency that you're after that has value, that you innately know has value, that you're actually after, is self-esteem. If you are on the extreme end of the people-pleasing side, like I was, of this syndrome, I think it's just a symptom. I propose this to you. It's just a symptom of something bigger. Because your self-esteem, catch this, okay? I propose this to you. Your self-esteem, your inner self-esteem is your emotional and mental immune system. And if that's weak, like mine was, it'll leave you susceptible to all sorts of other emotional and mental sicknesses and syndromes. Depression, quote-unquote depression, people-pleasing, and Lord knows what else that's out there. And as a result of this low emotional immune system, weak emotional immune system that I had, if I can continue to draw on the analogy here, stick with me here, is this. As a result of that, I went on to self-medicate myself by saying yes all the time because temporarily it would make me feel better. But I'll tell you this, as much as everybody liked me, as much as everybody had great things to say about me, they loved me, appreciated me, all of that good stuff that you're after, I knew one thing. When I get home and I'm in the silence of the four walls of my own bedroom, I hated myself. I hated myself. I did not like myself at all. And at this point, you're probably thinking to yourself, all right, you're saying, I get it. I get it. You're, you're a people pleaser. This is what your life looked like. You're clearly a people pleaser. You're overextended, overexerted, overloaded, overwhelmed, exhausted, and it led you to being so depressed and it was due to this low emotional immune system that you had that let you, left you susceptible to all these syndromes. The question is, though, is how did you get better? How did you get better? 
Now, here's the thing with that, though, is I, this is not going to be like a top five thing that you got to do to do this, this and that, because I don't think life works that way. Life is more of an art rather than a science. But having said that, the first thing that I can tell you that I did that immediately was effective and it's going to be required of everybody. Is really, the first thing that's going to be required is this. Catch this. It's awareness. You have to become aware that this is happening. It can no longer stay within the recessions of your you know, unconscious mind. You have to start paying attention to it because the moment that you become aware of it, the moment that you start to pay attention to it, immediately, almost immediately, it's influence over you, the syndrome's influence over you immediately diminishes just by being aware of it, just by being aware. So that's the first thing I'll tell you. You got to become aware of it. Now, the best part of this is if you, f- if you felt like me and you start want, let's say you want to attack this aspect of yourself or this aspect of your life, the best news I can give you is this, is that you don't have to rely or be dependent on anybody else. Meaning nobody else out there has to change in order to make this easier for you to overcome. That's the best news I can give you. And the reason why I want to really highlight that point is because, you know, when you go on this journey to change and become better, where you want to change and become better, let's say in this case it's the people-pleasing aspect. If you're someone like me and you've spent your entire life, like 29, 30 years of your life living this way, naturally when you start to attack it, you're kind of... There are going to be moments where you're like, oh, I, I just wish this person would do this or that person would do this and it'll be this much, it'll be a little bit easier for me. It's a natural thought to have, but I just want you to keep this in mind. Remember, it's you that you're trying to change, right? You're trying to change. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the entire theme of the damn podcast, right? It's the journey within. So if you're trying to change, having expectations that other people change before or first is it's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. So just keep that in mind. So let's do a quick recap here, okay? So we understand that people-pleasing is a syndrome, right? And and it leaves people susceptible to it if they've got a weak emotional immune system. So ideally, obviously, the first place to actually begin is by developing and building up your immune system again emotionally and mentally, right? So if we can continue to draw on that analogy, and that's the best part. Guess what? Developing your emotional and mental immune system, like I said earlier, does not require anything of anyone outside of you except you. And this is the part where I really began to see some big changes really, really quickly because once I had this perspective... So I'll t- when I so when I started to take some steps moving forward, one of the first things I did was go out there and start reading some books and start to follow some people, and I began to discover this is a big thing. And you know, there's some articles on this, and and there's different strategies and techniques that people you teach you. And I, I tried many different things. Here's just what I can tell you. Okay, this is just my thing. I'm telling you. You you don't have to try it this way, but I'll just tell you this. I think this is the most it was the most efficient way for me. One of the biggest words that became very consistent as I began to attack this and read some of the material on this topic was boundaries. The word boundaries is that knowing how to and when to develop boundaries with people so that people don't cross that line with you and you can keep a space for yourself as well instead of always saying yes and allowing people to come into your space, which is very true and it's an effective, it's a good thing to do. But I, what I found was is this, for me over time was if, if you're like me 
and you spent 29 years of your life living this way, you have no, you probably have no idea how to draw any boundaries with people. I mean, you've always been used to saying yes and going out there and giving yourself up for everyone and everything. So it's gonna be difficult to know right away where to draw those lines. And it became this like dance where I'm like, God, did I draw it too much? And really began to fall into my own head and overthink things. So it became more clear and more effective when I realized this, that it's not actually about drawing the lines with people outside of me. It was all about drawing the line, drawing the boundaries within myself. Did you catch that? It's about drawing boundaries within yourself. That's really where it begins. And once you have a good idea of the boundaries that you've drawn within yourself, those will reflect and manifest outside in your life with other people almost automatically. I shouldn't say it will, but almost, where people will start to recognize it. So what do I mean by this? Okay, I'll say this. If you struggle saying no to people outside of you in your life, there's a good chance, there's a good chance that there's an aspect of yourself that you have a really difficult time saying no to. Did you catch that? There's a good chance that you have a hard time saying no to an aspect of yourself. So before you can draw the line with anyone else, the line needs to be drawn within yourself. That you can start to say yes to different aspects of yourself. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you, because this one's really relatable. So who wants to, you want to go and get in better shape. Okay, you want to get into better shape. You're like, you commit it to a goal and you're like, I want to work out more. I'm going to work out three days a week and I want to be more toned. And you know that's going to take going to the gym and it's going to take a good, a much better balanced diet. So you go to the gym a few times and then when you're outside and you're out and about for the first three days, your diet's good. The moment you're, maybe you're at a party or at a barbecue, especially in the summertime, and some food's presented to you, that aspect of yourself that wants the food starts to sneak in again. And you probably have a hard time saying no to that one. You have a hard time saying no to that aspect of yourself. And you say yes to it almost every time. For me, when I came back from this, tri- from this trip here, I committed to one thing. And that was, I don't know why I committed to this one. I, it was always something that I wanted to work on. But I just kept on failing at it over and over, over years and years. But I decided, you know what, I'm just not a morning person. And I sucked at it, but I said, I'm going to commit myself to waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning for 90 days, for 90 days. I didn't know this is what I was doing at the time. In hindsight, I didn't know, but today I can, give it to, I can explain it to you in this way as what the results were. But at the time, I just committed to one thing, which was waking up early in the morning and getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I, just, I guess I'm just going to feel better. And it actually did make me feel better. And here's the thing. I said 90 days. I'm going to get up 5 o'clock in the morning every single day for three months. And I knew it was going to be ridiculously difficult for me. Ridiculously difficult for me. But at this point, I was very committed because I felt like my entire life was at stake. And it it almost was. It almost was. So I committed to waking up early 5 a.m. every single day. And every the first day, tough. The second day, tough. Third day, tough. Fourth day was tough. After a week, I, when I got through my first week, I, I felt really, I felt a little bit better about myself. I started to feel better about myself. And guess what? I actually went on for six, I think it was about 16 months 
for the next year and a half almost, I don't recall ever waking up after, I think the latest I ever got up was like 6.30, maybe 7 here and there, like the worst, but I was consistently, much more consistently getting up between 5 and 5.30 in the morning. But I'll tell you, every time I did, every time I opened my eyes, there was a side of me that was asking for a big yes. And that was a side of me that wanted comfort. My bed was warm. The, the blankets feel nice. And it said, stay in bed. And I had to learn to say no. Because other things were starting to take priority for me. And guess what? You know that side of me, that story that I gave you earlier where my friends are asking me to come out? And hang out when I was younger and I couldn't say no. Because I got committed to saying no to this weaker self that wanted to sleep in bed all the damn time. And I was committed to waking up early. I was able to, when people started to invite me to go out for dinners late night. It, and I, or if I was already out and I needed to leave despite whatever the circumstances were. It became easier in that moment to say no or leave on time. Because there was a relationship developed within that I know I could not say, I, I just know how to say no to this side of me that, was, that wanted comfort in the morning. So when people ask me, do you want to go up? If it didn't make sense for my schedule, it just wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't going to happen. But the best part is when the no came, guess what? There was virtually zero guilt afterwards. There's virtually zero guilt and from there, from there, I started to work on this on many different areas of my life. And I discovered this, is that which aspect of me am I having a hard time saying no to? In the morning, it was this side of me that wanted to sleep in. I always kept on saying yes to the guy that wanted to sleep, the aspect of me that wanted comfort, my comfort zone. Right? And this time of morning, my, comfort, my comfortable guy always wanted to sleep in. When I started to say no to myself, the aspect of me, guess what? The next morning, it didn't matter what that person was asking me. Didn't. It just didn't. Because I was developing a relationship within. I was feeding my, myself, my mind, with more nutritious thoughts for myself. And guess what? It was starting to build my self-esteem. I knew I could, I, my self-esteem was getting better. And guess what that meant? That Essentially what it meant was my emotional and mental immune system was developing. And slowly I was starting to feel better from depression. Slowly I was starting to feel better about saying no to people. Gradually, ever so gradually. Remember, this is an art. It takes time. It takes work. But people pleasing has very little to do with people outside of you, believe it or not. So it requires some inner reflection, a little bit stare down in the mirror. If you're serious, if you really want to improve this aspect to yourself. And for me, I, I tell you, I was dead serious. I was dead serious at this point. Waking up, waking up early took complete priority over all things. I actually squashed a lot of other stuff from, because my life was at stake. I said, if this... If, if I can't do this, I don't know if I'll ever be able to figure anything out. And I got very serious. And for 18 months straight, waking up early was, became a thing. And now it's just part of my life. Like I, I wake up early regularly. I sleep in sometimes here and there. 
maybe get up at eight or seven or nine at the latest, but it's not a big deal anymore. And that's the thing. You'll also, and sometimes when I go out and I say yes to people, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal because the relationship within me is developed. I have a relationship with myself. I've drawn the line between me and my weaker self. Maybe I shouldn't call it the weaker self, but let's call it the old self because I don't want it to be looked at like it's good or bad. But once you draw the line between you and the old self and you know what the old self wants and it's what you've all constantly said yes to, and now that you've picked this different aspect of yourself that you want to become and you know that saying, constantly saying yes will contradict to the future that you want, now you have this internal relationship with yourself. You're starting to see the line internally. And what will happen is, is in your real life, in real time, in life, when those questions come up again, when these moments come up again where it's going to be required for you to Give a new answer, pick a new choice, make a new decision. Because you've been practicing it internally within yourself, you'll have a better chance, a much better idea to say, to give the, to give the answer that you want, which is no, hey, I can't do this today. And also when you do say, no, I can't do this, the guilt will diminish. Eventually it'll probably go away because you'll know why you're doing it. You're not living for likes and just to be and just to please people and appease people so that they're happy with you. Because what is the point of having everyone else be happy with you when you are not happy with yourself? And there is no happiness found in constantly trying to please other people. It's a dead end game. It's a zero sum game. I can almost guarantee you that from my own personal experience. It's it's short lived. It's not something long-term, and eventually it'll lead you to the same place, which is unhappiness, and it's a place of emptiness because it's never enough for the world. You have to understand you'll, you could always be doing something more to keep someone else happy because people-pleasing is never a what have you done, take a, record, take a look at all your record of what you have completed. It's always a what have you done for me lately game. And then you end up spinning in this circle where you're constantly trying to say yes and please everyone around you when it's almost impossible to achieve. And then the relationship within yourself kind of starts to become really, really complicated. And, you, you, and then you, you kind of lose yourself. You barely know who you are at this point. The other positive aspect of this is when you start and then when you finally start to, once you get better at this, and then you do say yes to friends or family when they need help or for whatever reason, it comes from a more genuine space. You are actually doing it for them. You're not just doing it for yourself first to cater to this I need to be liked aspect to yourself, right? It's more, you're much more comfortable in doing it because in that moment you recognize that you taking this action where it could be helping or doing something for someone or saying yes or taking on that extra project or whatever it may be is for the right reason, you're doing it for the particular reason to help the situation rather than just saying yes because it's what you're used to. It's all that you know up to this point and you just say it so that you can feel better about yourself in the moment, right? Oh, yes, they like me. Okay, good. 
Another thing to keep in mind here is when you begin this path and this journey to get better at this and you're like, I'm, I'm giving up people pleasing, I'm going to be much more conscious of this and I'm going to improve myself in life. One thing to keep in mind is as your awareness goes up, what's going to happen is you'll probably start to notice which areas of your life or which person or which situation you're constantly saying yes to and these Feelings of resentment might start to come up. You might resent the person that you've always said yes to because now you're aware of it and you might feel like, oh, this person's taking advantage of me or this situation is taking advantage of me and you start to feel resentful. See, the benefit of approaching this from an internal game where you start to realize it's actually not the outside world, it's just an aspect of me that I've had a hard time saying no to, it helps you skip that process. You don't hold on to any resentment. Because you know that change is an internal game. Changing yourself, your external behavior with the world is just an internal game. And it helps. It'll, it'll be, and that's what makes it a little less complicated. And it'll make it, a, it'll make it much more simple to proceed and change. It's not going to be easy. If anything, this will be more difficult, but it'll be more simple. It'll be more effective, and the changes will be far more permanent than just trying to draw lines with people who might push them next time, and they'll push the line even more to test you, and you might, and then next thing you know, you're back in your old ways, and you get frustrated, and you get even, and you start to spin. This is why I would recommend if you approach it from an internal game, it's a relationship between you and you, and the people around you might not even know that you're playing this game with yourself or you're going about this journey with yourself. They might not even know, but you know, and you're aware. And the results will eventually manifest in your life. But if you begin with you in the mirror and inside of you, you begin to change quietly on your own. And you'll start to see those changes manifest in your life. You don't have to tell anybody that you're doing this. Right? You don't have to go up to people and be like, hey, listen, I'm no longer going to say yes to you for the next little bit because I got to get better at you know, not being a people pleaser. You can. You can tell people if you like or people that are close to you if you think it's going to help you and they can help you along the way. That's, that's also totally fine. But just know it's not necessary. It's not necessary for you to go share with everyone that you're working on this aspect of yourself. Some people like it where they don't share because it's just... For me, I was somebody didn't want to share that I was working on this because it was just it made it easier for me to just stay focused and I didn't have to get distracted when people ask me all these questions. Other people need the support, but just either way works. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, just keep in mind, this is between you and you. And you just work on yourself and quietly take every day, one step, one step, one step. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be, it might be difficult. It might be difficult at first, but just know every day you're just going to get better and better each single day. Don't judge yourself too hard. One day, you know, you say you, you, I don't want to use the word slip up, but let's say you, you cave and you say yes to the weaker self. That's okay. You're building the muscle, right? You're building the muscle. And gradually, as you slowly start to make, choose yes in, for the other aspect of yourself and move forward, it'll become somewhat easier over and over again till eventually it just becomes who you are. Eventually, it just becomes who you are. And you'll remember the old self of you as just this image in your head that you remember at a time in your life where you were that way. But with enough practice, you can literally just move yourself into this new person that you're going to be. And it's, it's a wonderful, beautiful process. It's like a rebirthing. 
All right. And second, the last thing I want to touch on here is because I think it's important here as we close out here for good. And we're going to have a strong close. Stick me, stick with me on this one. And the reason I'm bringing this one up is because I have a strong feeling it'll probably come up for, for most is if you, if you choose to uh, go on this journey to get better at this, is that especially if you've been a big, big time people pleaser, is you don't want to be mean to people. And it's going to be really difficult, right? You're like, ah, oh, was that one too mean, the way I said that? Or should I have said yes there because, yeah, you know, I want to say no. I know it's better for me, but it's just too mean not to. Just keep this in mind. One thing that helped me is when I began to the un- understand the difference between being nice and being kind. You want to choose kindness over being nice 100% of the time because I'll tell you this. I, being nice is catering to someone's I think catering to someone's surface level needs, right? Where you just do do things for them. And sometimes doing things for others may do more harm to them rather than actually helping them, right? But if you're kind, if you're always choosing kindness over niceness, being kind is doing the right thing. It's doing the right thing. And doing the right thing is not always easy. It's not always, you know, rainbows and, and sunshine. Sometimes it, can, it means having difficult conversations. But understand, being kind is much more important than just being nice and catering to someone's surface level needs just so they can, temporarily both of you can feel better about the situation. Long-term effects of that, well, we've, we've already discussed in detail of what that could be. So choose kindness. And remember, if you're choosing kindness, you're not being mean to anybody. You're not being mean to nobody. You're doing the right thing. If anything, you're helping them much more. All right. Okay, and finally, let's just do a quick recap of what we discussed here today. Number one is you just want to increase your awareness. Once your awareness goes up, immediately what ha- two things will happen. One is your the influence of the syndrome will start to diminish. Its influence over you will diminish because now you're aware. You can observe the behavior. And now... Next time, in real time, you'll be able to maybe choose differently. Number two is as you become more aware, you'll start to develop an internal dialogue within yourself. And that's going to be developing that relationship with yourself as you start to get to know yourself in a new space. Next is you start to go after something. Go after a goal. Go after something maybe you've wanted to work on for a while that's been difficult for you, that hasn't happened for a while. We all have those. And you start to improve. Maybe it's a habit that you want to improve on. For me, it was waking up early in the morning. And you want to recognize which aspect of yourself that you're going to have to start to say no to. And pay attention to that dialogue internally. And then just watch as you start to develop. And what will start to develop is your immune system, your esteem. Your self-esteem will start to develop. And your, that means your emotional, mental immune system is going to be increasing and improving. And as that happens, the syndrome's influence over you will eventually diminish. And eventually, it'll just disappear. And at some point, you will be the new person that you want to be. And then... When you look back in time, that old aspect of yourself is just wisdom. It's just wisdom because you can look back on it and you can observe it and take all the lessons that you learned from it. And that's it. That's it for today's episode, guys. Um, now, remember, I know this is, a, this is a big topic, right? We really took a bird's eye view of this entire topic and kind of I tried to kind of simplify it. Obviously, there's only so much we can discuss with the limited time that we have in a 40-minute or one-hour podcast, but... This is the place you can start. Honestly, it doesn't have to be any more complex. And that's it. That's it. Just keep it simple. 
if today's topic and episode resonated with you today, because it's not going to resonate with everyone, but if you feel like you know really resonated with you, or on some level, then odds are it's probably that's a sign that it's uh, it's time. It's time that you go after this and you consciously look to improve it, improve on it. And you can start with those simple steps and simple concepts that we talked here today. And I promise you'll get you results. It's 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 going to get you results. Can't wait to talk to you guys next on our next episode. Um, I love you guys all so much. Thank you for the support again. Um, and as we play out and roll out of this episode, at the end, I'm just going to play a teaser of the next episode that's going to be coming up uh, in an interview that I did with now my good friend Jason Morales up in Burnaby who owns Uplift Uplift Fitness Studios. He, I had such a good time doing this interview. And I will see you guys on the next episode. I could care less how much money I have. I'm wearing a beater that has freaking holes in them right now. <laughs> I could care less. I was, I was never bullied. Like, to be completely honest, if, if anything, I was the bully. That's why I love when people are like, oh, you know, bullies are so insecure about shit. Oh, not every bully, man. <laughs> they were closing down. Dude, you have 24 hours to make a decision if you want to continue uh, trading people here and make it your, 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 your gym. Whatever you thought was all the work was yeah. not even half. Yeah. Want to become a millionaire and be rich and not really understand the struggle <laughs> of how to get there. I was having troubles gaining weight. Yeah. And to this day, I'm still having troubles gaining weight. I saw that. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. This guy looks like what that nerd from Recess. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, I love challenging myself. I hate staying stagnant mm. for everyone that really knows me I, I can't even freaking sit in a chair and in the same position for longer than 10 seconds oh I know I'm watching you yeah. <laughs> I can't I, I always ask uh, if what I'm doing is, is right and if where I'm going with this decision is where he wants me to go yes